Welcome to the food chapter from There Is No Planet B by Mike Bursley. Let's start with some stats. At a global level, we grow 5,940 kilocalories per person per day. With the average number of calories needed for men and women being 2,500 and 2,000 kilocalories respectively, that's more than double. So what's up with all the food shortages? Well, where the food is grown plays a big part. For example, North America grows eight times its calorific requirement. In Europe and Latin America, the food is grown at four times what we need to eat. Sub-Saharan Africa grows only one and a half times the calories it needs. This is interesting but how is it relevant? Well, we must look at the journey of field to fork. Photo by Matt Brown on Pexels.com And here is stat 2. 1,320 kilocalories per person are lost or wasted, 810 kilocalories go to biofuels and 1,740 kilocalories are fed to animals. Moreover, 340 kilocalories of food are not even harvested due to too strict quality standards in certain countries, or where supply exceeds commercial demand. Worse still, oftentimes it is down to poor harvesting and left in the ground. So here is stat 3. 330 kilocalories are lost in storage, for example in poorer countries where sealed containers are lacking. And there are further losses in the chain here and there, for example in replanting and distribution. But still, even with all these losses, we are still growing at a 14% calorific surplus per person per day. But why, and how is this affecting our planet? Photo by Sunset owned on Pexels.com Well, it comes down to animals being produced for human consumption. Whilst these animals contribute 590 kilocalories per day to our food chain, they eat 1,740 kilocalories of human edible food on top of 3,810 kilocalories of pasture, per day. So a mere 10% of the human edible calories they eat are converted into meat and or dairy food. The other 90% is used for their movement, staying warm creating plenty of planet-harming methane. Shocking stat alert, the human edible crops fed to farm animals equates to more than three-quarters of the calorific needs of the entire human population. On top of this, whilst we can't eat grass, the land used as pasture for the animals could be used for crops to feed us, whilst others could be set aside for biodiversity reasons. Okay, it gets worse. Farmed animals destroy three-quarters of the protein in the, mostly, human edible food they eat. In Berners-Lee's flowchart depicting the journey of protein from field to fork, the myth that the amount of farm animals we breed is a basic requirement for us humans to get the protein we need is busted. First and foremost, we would have more protein to go around if we didn't have to feed so much of it to the farmed animals in the first place. Great fact, as well as protein, we don't need animals as a source of iron, zinc or vitamin A either. Again, they actually reduce the supply through their requirement of pasture lands and feeding. Photo by Valeria Boltneva on Pexels.com They eat 10 times the amount of iron than they produce in meat and dairy and one-fifth of the zinc. Animals do provide more of the essential nutrient, vitamin A than they consume, but since you can get all the vitamin A you need in 100 grams of sweet potato or add fortified versions of it to your cooking very easily, this is no longer a meaty enough argument for farm animal breeding, excuse the pun. Sweet potato also travels well on boats as part of its field-to-fork journey so it is an excellent sustainable food option. Berners-Lee goes on to explain that animal products are not a 21st century solution to the micronutrient concerns, 
except perhaps in parts of the world that both lies outside the global food economy and are without access to proper health care. Both of these cases would not be considered 21st century standards though, so using older farming methods would be acceptable, if not crucial. Photo by Uncover Edlands on Pexels.com Soybeans are destroying the planet. Only kidding, though they do get a bad rap. In fact, it is their being eaten by farm animals that causes the issues. Gram for gram, a soya bean has more of almost every human essential nutrient than beef or lamb. But when you feed one to a cow or sheep, you only get about one-tenth of the weight back in meat. So in fact, though soya beans do require many trees to be cut down for their farming, if we had fewer animal mouths to feed, fewer beans, and therefore less land, would be required. Shock horror. Nearly a quarter of the global carbon footprint comes from food and land-related emissions, i.e. methane from farm animals. This is one of those facts that most of us secretly know but pretend not to when we see the golden arches of McDonald's. The breakdown according to Berners-Lee shows that of the 50 billion tons of CO2 per year produced by humankind, 16% of agriculture's contribution is from the deforestation for farm animals pasture, followed by enteric emissions aka methane from cows. This issue is therefore twofold. We cut down the forests to make space for the CO2 producing animals, but in doing so, we also lose the naturally occurring carbon storage found in the wood and the soil from the trees we just cut down. So there is more carbon and less naturally occurring storage for it. So where does it go? Welcome to global warming. But I can eat chicken, right? Photo by Anganacured on Pexels.com Whilst not as bad as sheep and cows, chicken's poo is full of phosphates which are nutrient-rich and when washed off into waterways from rain, the nutrients cause algal blooms which are harmful, similar to when our phosphate-rich laundry detergents enter the water system too as discussed here. Chickens are also often fed on soya which is another food source associated with the destruction of forests and damaging farming practices, so yes you can, but maybe less than you did before. So what can I do to help? Cut back on eating the ruminant animals such as sheep and cows. Pop a couple of cans of pulses into the bolognese sauce instead of a pack of mints once or twice a week. Pulses, grains, and soya beans are the clear low-carbon winners, dairy and poultry products are runners-up, and red meats in worst place. Photo by Skitterphoto on Pexels.com Simply making a different protein choice each evening could generate enough space in the whole food system to feed the 2050 population, whilst allowing more land to be devoted to biodiversity. And, liberating a bit more for biofuel. Why not have a go only eating one to two meat dishes this week? Let me know how you get on. Also, join me on my sustainable journey over on Instagram.